0: Hello and welcome to the AEW
1: Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Two Oh! oh Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Cedric's look ahead to. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy, but here's my number. This yeah, is baby. baby. <laughs> and how are
2: you feeling ahead of tonight's show? Well, put it this way, Adam Wilborn. What am I looking at on my phone right now? It's not the uh,
1: alarm app, I'll say that.
2: It's uh, it's, it's not my not, alarm. No, yes. It's not <laughs> my alarm, is it? Because I do not want to uh, get up early to watch this. I don't necessarily want to watch it full stop. It is um, a regression for the Friday show, a continuation of... Right, we've tried putting a star on it. We'll try it again. If we are only getting an incremental, tiny incremental ratings increase and we've established a flaw that presumably is acceptable to Warner, Mm -hmm. then why waste? If we've got enough people that are going to watch it regardless, and regardless is the word, for some of the shows, particularly over the summer. And again, this is well-trodden ground. We apologize, but we can only review what is put in front of us. um, Then, yeah, it feels like yet another episode of this show, Rampage, that they don't care about. They are going to get enough viewers for it to be vaguely acceptable and, uh, yeah, enjoy a 6.5 out of 10 show. Yeah. It used to be a 7. It is now hovering dangerously close to a 6.5.
1: Yeah, I think it's... Uh, AEW fans are kind of set in their ways now when it comes to Rampage, because, like, obviously, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I used to do these numbers. It's a bit. That's a bit like comparing... Smackdown now to what, you know, Monday Night Raw used to do in the late 90s. It's not really fair to say, well, when CM Punk was first arriving yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was on that show every week, that was the show to watch CM Punk. It's not fair to say that. Um But like you say, that was it the Elite? Yeah, I mean, granted, it was a foregone conclusion, as we said, yeah. about the Elite retaining those trios titles. But it's still a trios championship match involving Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks last week. And that did now to change the amount of people watching the show.
2: At this point, I wonder... If AEW is worried about the Rampage stink, it's got this general malaise of a vibe in it, in and of itself. So that if you put a star on there, and they don't do this incremental increase, which ultimately, who cares? It's mm. not going to be anything significant. It happened with the Elite last week. Did you see the number? It was pathetic, like mm. 400,000, Like I understand that it's you know within range but come on, you'd expect a bit more for the elite. Apparently they did a bad quarter hour as well. I love this trio's run, but you have to wonder at this point if it's the best use of talents who have this quite incredible over their history ability to draw. Um, But my wonder now is because the elite got savaged online for not being draws, which is ridiculous if you use perspective and consider who the opponents were what the level of the stakes of the match was, if it was like a massive angle or a massive match that they've built to, and then they've drawn a poor number, then we can have the conversation. But people have the conversation because it allows them to do so in bad faith. I, is this,
1: yeah, the, my argument to that would be
2: right. But they started this company, yes, so I, I think they'd be all right. Exactly, and yeah, I think there is a conversation to be had in good faith. But I need more evidence to see if they are not punished, but if this trio's division is failing to catch fire in the way intended. But regardless, I was on a squared circle thread, loads of replies where I was like, "Right, right, they're finished. Look at this Rampage number. It's terrible. And I wonder now if Tony Khan is thinking, right, okay, well, if I just put, you know, with all due respect, Orange Cassidy, who has been a draw in the past, but not to their level, on Rampage or Rush to build a match, then it's going to hit that floor, which has been established, and no one's going to say, oh, well, Roosh is a bad draw because the the acceptance is, well, it's Rampage. That's no indication. If he puts his top stars on there in a bid to save the show, the opposite could happen, and you could have this new narrative surrounding the likes yeah. of Danielson and Marksley, a page, the elite, MGF, who's never appeared on the show once, that they themselves become known to be bad draws if they don't spike this Rampage number, which seems impossible. Mm. So it's fated to die. It's weird, isn't it?
1: Cuz like I saw a thing today uh about Tony Khan talking about taking sort of creative control in late 2019 and going, no, no, I, I could see where it was heading and I wanted to make sure we had a real focus for this. Uh, and I, you know, I despise ratings chat. We, we joke about it in the office, but I'm never going to sit here and say, oh, no, no, technically, no, the point, blah, 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 Don't care, right? Just care about if the show's good or not, to be yes. perfectly honest. And as long as, it, as long as it gets enough viewers to keep going. It's a bit like I was talking about this with with Hamflat on the SmackDown preview, or Cold dressing, wherever you get your podcast from. Like, I don't care if WWE makes 100 billion or or $1 or no billion, so long as they make enough to keep making wrestling shows
2: for me. Yeah, that's all I care about now. I used to really care about ratings, because at the time, they were so significant to AEW's future, because for the first few months, when NXT ran head-to-head with it, they did not have a rights fee. The rights fee that they were going to get was wholly dependent on them bringing in the numbers, so I was rooting for them. Mm -hmm. As I've said a million times, AEW was everything I wanted on the big stage all over again, with some of my favorite wrestlers, and I love the creative direction, and I just wanted it to continue. So now I don't care um, that much. But, yeah, they've reached the floor now, so who cares? And ultimately, this apathy extends to the formatting of these shows.
1: Yeah, look at the Dynamite number. I mean, We're not going to get into it here now, but I don't think there's been a bad Dynamite this year off the top of my head. Not this year, no. They're on a real roll, and yet that number just refuses to budge. Aside uh, from obviously the tribute show, which you yeah, know, makes sense. But again, it's
2: still outclassing everything yeah. on the night, or almost everything on the night. Warner, by several reputable reports, apologies for the, uh, the alliteration, <laughs> are like really ecstatic with the number. And Tony Khan was speaking to, I think it was Uprocks Yeah. Words to the effect of, we expect a big rights mm-hmm. fee, as they should. They've proven themselves nearly four years into this thing of being a totally reliable cable topper of a television program insofar as Dynamite anyway. So that's all I care about. Ultimately, right, I would love it if loads of people just suddenly got into it because I always use this example. In 1998, what became the number two promotion was still so hot that they could run the Georgia Dome on TV. Yeah, Imagine stadium shows on TV, like about eight, (laughs) like about four or five Grand Slams every year, but like twice as big. Yeah, It'd be phenomenal. It ain't going to happen. As long as they get enough fans to make it white hot, and like enough numbers to, uh, as he said, to keep it going. I'm happy with that. Uh, There was another point I was going to make as well. Yeah, like at one point it was kind of fun to think, oh, what if it beats WWE? That would be funny. But I don't, just wrestling has never, well, for years and years had this sort of product that services an incredibly enthusiastic, rabid audience, albeit in smaller number than the mainstream, that doesn't necessarily cater to the lowest common denominator or the mass audience with just rampant exposition, just the same old faces because, oh, a new star, I don't know if I can get behind them. What I like about AEW is that it's uncompromising, there's bloodshed, there's really intricate storytelling, there's a rotating cast. They are doing this on their own terms, and that's much the same as certain record labels, where mm. they don't nece- do not w- not want to make money, otherwise it would not be viable at all. But certain record labels uh, sign acts that they know, right, okay, they're not going to top any charts, they're not going to go on any stadium tours, but they've got a fan base, and they make really great stuff that this fan base is going to buy, or stream, or get the merch for, and it's all viable, mm. like, why can't wrestling have, like, a sub-pop? Yeah. Why can't wrestling have... And I, I'm i hesitant to say this, because whenever I s- say something like this, people are always just going to say, oh, so you think, uh, you know, Matt Hardy is art house cinema. <laughs> there are genuinely smaller studios yeah. who realise, right, we're not going to make blockbusters... We're not going to threaten Avatar's record, but enough people like this director Mm -hmm. who's really skilled so we can finance that movie and we'll make a return on it. It's not mass audience. It doesn't have to be the biggest. We're not making billions here, but there's an audience for it. Why can't wrestling have Mm. an outlet like that? And it does in AEW, and I'm happy with that.
1: And I think the way it's kind of settled down now is also a bit beneficial, putting my WWE hat on, because I was watching this a YouTube compilation of, like, shocking moments from the last, I don't know, I think it was titled like last 10 years. In reality, it was about the last three. But, and I was just watching it going, God. I mean, granted, they still are guilty of doing this without question, WWE, of just like, oh, Goldberg's going to be on the show next week or, you know, whatever it may be. There's a lot less hot shotting with WWE right now. Like, they don't feel the need to be like, right, Roman's going to defend the title on uh, yeah Monday night or whatever. Um, and, you know, we get storylines like we're getting with, you know, obviously Bloodline, and, and I'm biased, but Judgment Day, yeah. Rey Mysterio, like they haven't felt the need to be like, uh, bollocks, uh, first blood match on uh, SmackDown yeah. in, uh, tonight, uh, out of nowhere. You and know, I was watching this because it was like Nicky A.S.H. suddenly cashing in, and, yeah. and, and, and just to use cash as an example, Big E calling his shot t- two hours before showtime. It's like, well... Uh, that's because it was this panic of like, yeah. oh, now it's calmed down. It's like, you I like, like WWE, you know, like what you like. You can like both. Um, <laughs> WWE does WWE stuff. And like yeah. you say, AEW is just like, like you're talking about it in The Observer. Um, three m- matches, four, four, four stars and above on, on Dynamite this week.
2: As I said, it would have, because there's not really much to preview, so we might as well continue this chat. Like, as I said, I have made peace with the fact that I, I never really wanted AEW to beat WWE. And th- genuinely hand on heart, especially when Vince was there. Not that Triple H is a nice bloke, <laughs> but I thought it would have been really funny. Yeah. And I thought it was going to happen. And at one point. It looked it was trending that like, way. Yeah. Bad faith trolls will say I'm moving the goalpost, but ultimately I don't care. I just want this thing. I really like at its best to continue in its current form. And You've un- been, I've watched
1: you the years I've worked here. You've been through the bloody mill. Yes. of have just like. I like wrestling and this is all I've got, is it? Like you had your New Japan shows and that was like a, f- a flash every f- sort of six months or whatever. Well, that was, beyond I that. was
2: big in the weeds of it and then it went to pot. Um, <laughs> but no, I wanted a nice weekly TV experience. That's what I wanted. Because mm. um, I love episodic wrestling TV. It's a medium. It's what I grew up on. But yeah, the last point I was going to make is that I've, like bad faith trolls might say, so AEW fans are moving the goalposts. At this point, I don't care if they beat WWE. I just wanted to continue on this uncompromising mm. vision to just give its solidified base something, and again, whenever like a major development in the Bloodline saga happens, and I like it, sometimes as much as anything I've ever liked yeah. in recent years, the conversation goes into this direction that I just don't think it's worth talking about anymore. Or uh, if AW had something like the Bloodline saga, not being funny, permit me this: MJF CM Punk better because it was, I'm sorry, it was. And they do tell stories. They always say, oh, if they had something like this, AEW might beat them. It's like, no, they wouldn't. Think about this, right? If you're still in mind of AEW wanting to beat WWE, I'm not saying they don't want to, but I'm saying if they really, really wanted to, they would just copy and they would be less, and they would compromise on the values. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't book something like uh, Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. They would book Danielson versus Hangman Page just on a random episode of Dynamite with minimal build. No real plan to do it. No anticipation. They would just do it, maybe on an impromptu basis, because you've got two drawing acts, and the general public, as conditioned by WWE for like 30 years, mm-hmm. wants to see named matches featuring big stars with whom the audience are familiar, and you'd have this small fixed cast. Yes, people would get released or they'd get injured, and you get NXT promotions or whatever, but largely 80% of that would be the same for like two or three years. If AEW wanted to compete with WWE and be bigger than it, it would compromise its values and mm. the things that make it so good at its best. They don't want to do this. They are willingly booking Timothy Thatcher, ratings death in NXT, <laughs> yes. in order to tell a story patiently because they realize that about 900,000 people, 03 0 or 0.31 in the demo. We'll watch it every week and love it every week and go to the shows and make it white hot. It's perfect. It would be like, you know, that Breaking Bad meme. It was perfect. And then you and your massive ego had to ruin it. That's what we that's what we would be looking at if Tony Khan decided to abandon his principles. It's awesome that we're getting this. It's awesome that it's successful. Rampage still sucks. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say there. I watched
1: uh, in Bruges again the other day. Oh, it's class! Uh, quite the uh, cinematic uh, comparisons on these podcasts. I was talking about the film Hook on the SmackDown brief. You find out why on there uh, in Bruges, for example. I have no nostalgia for Hook. I love Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Oh, love it! It was. I think it was like perfect time it came out when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in Bruges, I don't know why I mean, people might say I'm being a bit pretentious with all this comparison, but like. It's like in Bruges, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleason, brilliant combo. They've done subsequent films, obviously recent stuff coming out. Um, I think they work so well together. I, th- I love it. I love Ralph Fiennes' character in there. Uh, go and watch it if you haven't seen it. But it'd be like, yeah, I'd say like that's AEW. And if you were going to try and make AEW more WWE, I love him. But you'd say, uh, Brendan, thanks for thanks for that. We're going to get rid of you and we're going to put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in there. Because yeah. then you've got Colin Farrell and Dwayne on the poster. Yeah. It's it's, yeah, exactly. At this
2: point, it's becoming very clear that AEW and WWE seek and attract two completely different audiences. Mm. And yeah, I understand that. You can like both at the same time. I like blockbusters as much as I like David Lynch films. That's a lie. But I do like blockbusters. <laughs> I can like David Lynch films and like blockbusters yes. at the same time. But I understand that they are two entirely separate things with very minimal cross-pollination between the audiences. And I'm as guilty as anyone of comparing AEW and WWE and quite frankly it's been decent content for her over the yes. last few years yeah. but now I'm coming to realize now that it's happy being number 2 it exists in Tony Khan's words they were they were told by Warner be the challenger brand you're probably not going to beat them the monopoly's too hard to shake create a different outlook for this promotion and Tony Khan was like well that's good because I don't want to be like that and I'm just you can like them both mm is not trying to beat WWE, and I think these Rampage shows mm. are the less ideal um, application of that idea, if you like. what well, you could say is AEW just decided to control the
1: narrative. Orange Cassidy versus Liam Moriarty, All-Atlantic Championship match tonight. Can anyone beat Orange Cassidy? Longest it's reigning, it's only been two, I suppose, but longest yeah, yeah. reigning All-Atlantic Champion, of course.
2: Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen.
1: It's not going to happen tonight.
2: No, oh, certainly not. Yeah, I know when it's not going to happen. I don't know when it is going to happen. Um, I Orange Cassidy should get the win. Um, I'm still enjoying it, but at the same time, it's very uh, inessential. Very rampage. It's very rampage. I don't. I like with the world title. I'm always thinking like a Mark. Ooh, what could the next match be? Well, obviously we know what it is. A revolution. Who's going to headline it? at Double or nothing. World Tag Team titles, we've been doing that just this week on the Dynamite uh, review. Listen to it, if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. It was very good this week, I thought. Well, what's going to happen with the complexion of the tag title picture? Are FTR coming back? Are the guns transitional? Is it just a transitional reign for the acclaimed to run it back on TV? Like, you like to map this stuff out. All Atlantic, I couldn't care less. I could not care less. I will take it when it's given to me without ever thinking about or getting hyped about it. And this ultimately encapsulates my thoughts on this match. It's going to be a nice technical wrestling match. Lee Moriarty is going to feign shock at how gifted on the mat that Orange Cassidy is, and it's going to be a very, very nice mat-based match with Cassidy's customary weight, and you might get some firm stuff if Moriarty's still on the th- Firm.
1: Yeah, this, this is my thing is I've, I've created something when I was thinking about this in my head that's not going to happen for a variety of different reasons like I sense, yeah, Orange Cassidy wins here I think Lee Moriarty's going to be really enjoyable I think he's been uh, really great to watch uh, in, in recent months especially you're going to get a spot with Danhausen probably and uh, Stokely Hathaway with his injury uh, but yeah, what I was going to say was I've invented this thing in my head to set up an eight man <laughs> which doesn't Work all makes sense because yeah, Orange Cassidy's got you know the, his his guys that he's with. But I was like, yeah, forget about them. I'm kind of done with you know Trent and Chuck for a bit. No offense to them, and i am not included. Am I? Maybe uh, anyway. But I've gone right firm. Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, oh. Isaiah Cassidy. Mm. Yeah, oh. and then I was like, and I, by the way, I realise as well. I'm saying this not only with the stuff with best friends. But the fact that Jungle Boy literally looked down a camera lens and said, I want to do single stuff. I've done stuff as a team. And he's in action and solo tonight. <laughs> but I've gone, right, but what if we had a team of like Orange Cassidy, Danhausen, Hook and Jungle Boy versus the firm? I'd quite like that. I'm not going to set that up, because this isn't going to happen, but. Yeah. Be nice. yeah, fun, fun all empty championship match, but no chance in hell that a title changes. No, a it.
2: witty technical encounter that catches Moriarty by surprise. Three and a half stars.
0: <laughs> Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Newsflash, slick. Yes. Butcher and the Blade loving the Butcher's new hairdo.
2: I liked it before. Okay. Andy Murray, See, a looks, big fan. He looks very, very, very intimidating. But I just thought he looked so much more distinct mm.
1: with the old look. Uh, Butcher, Blade, and Kip Sabian tonight taking on the Blackpool
2: Combat Club. <laughs> Who do you think wins this one? Yeah, it's, it's the age-old problem. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Mm-hmm i uh, instead talk about the prospective match quality. Um, I've heard no buzz about this. I didn't expect to hear any buzz about it. I'm expecting it to be a very fun trios match that the BCC are obviously going to win. The fact that the BCC are in trios competition. Mm. I'm looking for any trio doing anything else that isn't the elite or losing to the elite because I want to know what the elite match looks like at Revolution. I have an idea for that. Okay. Adam Cole has been saying he's coming back. Yeah. He has previous, obviously, with The Elite, this long storied history that was just cruelly messed up beyond belief. The timing was never right to do anything with Cole and Omega. Now they're both in the same company and healthy for the first time. Literally the first time. Yeah. And Hangman Page insinuated that he was going to do something with The Elite once his business with Moxley was finished. I don't know if that's going to end up at Revolution. And in the meantime, it's been dropped. It's dropping a lot of stuff, low-key. AEW. Don Callis was tapping up Konosuke Takeshita as a new oh, yeah. client to be his mentor. They could have Takeshita, Paige, and Cole versus The Elite.
1: Oh, my God.
2: With the idea being that they're all on the peripheral of it. And Paige could rely on old friends who aren't the Dark Order. I don't know, I'm just. I, I think that match would be awesome. Those three people on the opposing side might not have much to do at Revolution. A page hinted at something. I I just don't know, but I want to know. Mm. I want to see uh, Claudio um, swing the butcher. Oh yeah, like it'll be that. it'll be Kip Sabian. It will be, Kip. but I want him to swing the butcher. Um,
1: now, obviously, this is uh, mocks. Claudio and Utah uh, representing the BCC because, well, this is taped after Dynamite and Danielson had that sensational match and probably needed a, a bit of extra blood back in his body after yeah. this match.
2: But do you think... they think always not in it also at the same time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, do you think, I was going to ask there, are there going to be any allusions here to... What's going on with Danielson and BCC? Because we've seen a little bit with the Utah stuff, haven't we?
2: Yeah, but I it either feels as slow burn as it gets mm. or abandoned entirely. The thing with the BCC is that whatever they had planned has not worked out at all because as soon as CM Punk got injured, it all went yeah. pot because they were going to tell a subplot with Kingston and Claudio. That just got dropped, to my chagrin. And Moxley was busy being uh, interim champion. And then Moxley, because the world champion then went back and then left, had to be the world champion. And now that the MJF Punk story couldn't pick back up, Danielson has to play the role of world title challenger. And then the regal exit happened, which was unforeseen. So I feel like once Moxley's done with Paige, we really need to sit down, work out what to do with the BCC, whether they get back together just to split up or they finally make a bit of money from an actual program from the breakup. I don't know, but... Ah, your Takeshita's involved. It's messy, is mm-hmm. what it is. It's absolutely messy. They've not even mentioned on commentary when Danielson's been getting beat down with no one but Takeshita to save him that... Oh, you know, the BCC might be there, but there's tension within the group mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they all reacted very differently to the departure of William Regal, and they're still not on the best of terms, but they've not even alluded to this. It's I'm not the kind of personal go. What about the thick people? <laughs> what are the thick people to make of the dynamics within the BCC? I will trust them to get around to it, to not drop it, but at the same time, I do think that for it to make sense and to build anticipation for however it's going to get resolved, that they should be mentioning there. Because it does feel like a plot hole. Mm-hmm. You have to really think back to several editions of Dynamite ago to think, right, okay, well, you and Danielson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was conflict there. Mox and Danielson have very different perceptions about William Regal. But it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. They can make it a thing without screaming that what that thing is in your face. Yeah. Win for the BCC. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, I'll just get the other blatantly obvious thing out of the way. Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, in action. He's winning a relatively straightforward match and presumably saying something about wanting to go after some single stuff, as he's alluded to in the past. Yeah. Um,
2: makes no sense to put him up against Cassidy. I don't think you would do a job to Joe to set up the Wardlow program to think too highly of him. So that, again, for me anyway, they could be setting up very quietly to be MJF's Mm. TV-level title challenger after Revolution before Double or Nothing because they've got incredible chemistry. They've got this long history of which they can take advantage. Very close last time, yeah. Yeah, so potentially they could be doing that for what would it be? Fighter fest or fight for the fallen? Oh, yeah, that's true. I shout. think this could be the slow burn on the way to that, and he could beat just because I want to see them. One of the outrunners, I don't know who it is, oh. but that would be nice. Oh my god, Turb, more of them on telly, absolutely. Uh, hair versus hair,
1: Jungle Boy versus MJF. <laughs> because where's that ever gone wrong for AW? Yeah, the uh, that's another Boy. thing they dropped. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ruby Soho uh, is in action as well tonight against Marina Shafir. I don't know her, but you know her. Um, but the big question, I suppose, hanging over this, because yet again it's, it's going to be a win for Ruby Soho, is whose side is she on in this big uh, yeah. outsiders gimmick that they're doing in the
2: women's division? <sighs> I've genuinely yawned at the prospect of that. And I've literally just had a cup of coffee as well. Yeah, that's not a good sign. So I don't know how that works. Um, I... Don't care. As I mentioned in depth on the Dynamite review, it feels like a diminished return of JAS versus BCC. Are you a sports entertainer or are you a wrestler? Are you a homegrown or are you one of them? I don't care. I find it very, very thin as a premise. I find it hard to invest in. I don't like it when AEW overtly... Criticize or cr- criticizes or lampoons WWE stuff. I like it when they simply do wrestling better than WWE mm. without even mentioning WWE. I feel like the fans just it should be catnip to the AEW base, right? Of oh, yeah, we hate WWE because it's all very tribal. I understand the impetus behind booking these yeah. programs, but I just think they work so much better on paper and as a principle. I just don't think they've ever done it in a particularly effective narrative way. I just think AEW fans much prefer to be shown, not told, that AEW better. Mm. And this is another extension of it. I don't care much about it. As for the prospective quality of the match, which I expect Ruby Soho to win, uh, you're not going to find many better opponents than Soho for Shafia in terms of how sympathetic Soho can be and what she's willing to do in the ring. If this isn't possible... Marina Shafir is finished. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to get excited about anything she does. I don't think she's come close to realizing what is still potential. Um, And again, in a year's time, all of this might be more clear because they're doing house shows. Yes. And Shafir and various other wrestlers who are very, very green, you might start to see them bloom and become something Until then, you won't. We'll see her again in six weeks in another two and a quarter star match. We'll see. I don't think this is going to be good at all. Arguably, the thing I'm most
1: looking forward to on this show is not not a wrestling match. Oh,
2: yeah, there's more and it's good. Yes. There's more and it's good.
1: We hear tonight from Mark Briscoe. Um, It's an awkward thing to tackle this at the end of the day because it's not, you know, Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies – has a lot of emotional baggage that comes with this. Obviously, um, with the loss of the late great Jay Briscoe, he is a tag team champion. He is uh, coping with everything remarkably well, um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I want to say this because it sounds so callous to say it, but considering how. You know, great he looked and the fantastic presentation of that tribute show to Jay and obviously the Jay Lethal match, which we couldn't have spoken more highly about. Like, it feels bad to say you've got to strike while the iron's hot with with Mark Briscoe, but it's like he could be a real flag bearer for for Ring of
2: Honor going forward. Absolutely. I've got no idea what they're going to do, nor do I envy them. Um, Look, it's up to Mark Briscoe. I'd like to hope that he's been asked what do you want to do with these mm. tag team titles. Obviously, it's the worst situation imaginable. Do you want a new partner? Do you want to retire them and we'll create a tournament? It's up to you. We're not going to force you to go in a tag team. And I would never in a million years say to Tony Cornwell, come on, you're a tag team champion. You've got to get someone to defend the belt. Who cares? So I hope it's left up to him. Look, one, it's up to you. Two, if you do want to join a new tag team and continue holding those titles, Here's a list of names that I don't have any pressing plans for. Obviously, you can't have such and such. Completely up to you. Or, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a singles guy? Do you want to be a tag guy? And I think that should be the primary concern at this
1: stage. It feels, like I say, just very heartless to be sat here saying, I think you should probably put the singles world title on Mark Briscoe at Ring of Honor WrestleMania weekend, and let's work backwards from there. But like you say, it's... It's not as simple as that. Only
2: the worst people would consider that um, a cheap publicity stunt because I think, as I said, like when Jay tragically passed away, the only small good thing to emerge from it was that collective realization of, oh, we haven't just lost someone who everyone loved. A great professional wrestler. If you look at his medium and everything else, one of the greats. And Mark Briscoe is fantastic. But mm. so there's loads they could do with him. It wouldn't fit, It's not unbelievable that Mark
1: Briscoe would come out and this isn't, you know, Eddie's down there in hell. It's legitimate that he would come out and be like, my brother was a world champion. You know, everyone's like, he wouldn't need to say this part, but everyone's made this realization finally. It's sad that it took what it took, that we've got two of the, you know, greatest generational Ring of Honor wrestlers ever, in the Briscoes, and they haven't really been given the appreciation yeah. that they deserve. And in my brother's memory, I want to go after that world title. Yeah. That's, it's up to him. But again, like we say, yes, this is us saying, oh, this is, this is good booking, but it's, it, I
2: yeah. don't, any direction they take, I don't envy them. They'll get accused by the worst people, not that they should be given oxygen of capitalizing on it, but at the same time, in the most bleak, tragic circumstances, AEW has hired one of the best professional wrestlers of his generation, mm-hmm. who can demonstrably still go, who is piss funny, who is beloved, who's credible, who's outstanding at his craft. So why wouldn't you put him yeah. in the world title program?
1: And yeah, and this isn't saying, this isn't the first appearance, for example, of Mark back on telly. Like when they announced it's going to be Mark versus Jay Lethal, I went really, you know, great. Yeah. But then you saw him out there, and that's and you saw uh, you know everyone's probably seen all the footage on social media of him backstage, yeah. and and you know that wonderful visual at closing out the show with him with both tag belts. That he's not been told we need you back on telly, mate. They've said what do you want to do? Yeah, and he yeah. said I want to get back in that wrestling ring. I want to wrestle lethal because of everything that yeah has, has happened there. And I, I just think yeah. It's, it's jaw-dropping for me that he's he's out there. I would yeah. not have blamed him if he disappeared from view for six months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about AEW is, as much as we've buried Rampage, they are a classy organisation, mm. and I fully expect whatever they do or don't do with Mark Briscoe to be in the absolute best of intentions. Yes,
1: really excited to see, see what they, they do with him and what Mark's got to say for himself, especially because Mark Briscoe plus live microphone, as we saw from the... The wonderful eulogy he gave yeah. his, his goal. He's
2: absolutely fantastic.
1: What a great man. If you haven't seen it, please do go and search that out on the internet because it's, oh, it's, I mean, it's a roller coaster, but it is amazing to watch. So that's the thing I'm most looking forward to tonight on uh, Rampage. Uh, but let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch well, there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Um, Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for Daily Wrestling Podcasts. Uh, the SmackDown preview is available right now, and uh, Wrestle Culture with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz is coming your way later on today. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling uh, for Daily Wrestling Podcasts that will drop in over the weekend. And then on Monday, where it will be Michael Sidgwick reviewing Rampage with a special
2: guest. <laughs> Not you. I was, on, I was shocking on Starks, that. On, you, look, you look, I saw him when the door was ajar there and you didn't see it because you've got your back to the door, but his face was beaming. I think he might be furious waiting for you outside. Not you either. Um,
1: <laughs> but do tune in on Monday for that one. For now, this has been the Rampage Review. One. Thanks to Michael Cedric. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.
0: Planning for your next trip?